Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. Today we are going to be talking about white feminism, one of the few things that intersectional feminists and I agree really sucks. Of course, our actual criticisms of the ideology are pretty different, but still finding commonalities where I can, I suppose. Then who cheats more? Is it men or is it women? This debate has been raging online. Well, we're finally going to settle things here today. But first, white feminism. If you've seen the show before, you'll know that I am not a fan of modern day feminism or just the progressive movement in general. And uh, I do have to say with that in mind, though, the most insufferable feminists and progressives that I've ever come across are are the white ones. And I don't mean to sound racist when I say that, even though progressivism teaches that I actually, as a woman of color, cannot be racist against white people because of power dynamics. But basically, when it comes to white feminists and white progressives, in addition to carrying all the usual woke nonsense that uh, we see from their movement, things like race-based or gender-based identity politics, general resentment toward Christianity, the West, the misandry, all of all of those fun things. In addition to that, they also tend to be pretty self-hating and self-flagellating, right? And studies actually support this. White liberals are the only group out there that actually has an out-group preference, meaning every single group, by and large and to varying degrees, prefers people that look like them, right? I mean, just human nature to some extent, whether that's white people, black people, Hispanic people, Asian people, whatever it is, except for white liberals, right? They actually prefer people who don't look like them. Um, they, they are literally self-hating. Uh, so we're gonna be looking at an article today from a feminist author that explains, in her opinion, all the problems with modern day feminism. And what do you know? They're pretty much the problems they're because of white people. So that's what we're gonna be talking about. But first I have this message from our awesome sponsor. We are so proud to partner with businesses that focus on the needs of this audience like Bolin Branch. They are great partners, both for the quality of their products and for the way they treat you. Bolin Branch epitomizes an American business success story. They don't just make sheets and bedding, pillows and towels and all types of comfortable things for your home with your help. They've also put thousands of people to work from their pillows made in Ohio to their mattresses made in Florida, Texas, and Arizona since they started six years ago. And thanks to being available online, BolandBranch.com is open for business, still shipping their sheets, pillows, and more for free and fast anywhere in the USA. If you've never tried their sheets or down pillows, they will blow you away. Trust me. So Boland Branch is still offering their 30-day guarantee. If you don't love them, you can return them for a full refund. Remember, you'll only find Boland Branch sheets online. It's spelled B-O-L-L and branch.com. Use code Chen and you will get $50 off your first set of sheets. Again, shipping is fast and free. Restrictions may apply. See bowlandbranch.com for details. White feminine are an interesting group, in my opinion. I think it's fair to say that by and large, they do tend to be more affluent women, especially if we look at the celebrity class, people like Emma Watson, um, Taylor Swift, Lena Dunham, who are all very outspoken white feminists. I think they kind of tend toward that worldview, not just because they're in Hollywood and it's an echo chamber and everyone else thinks like that, but I think it's it's the struggle between wanting to be a victim, but also acknowledging that you are doing better than the vast majority of people out there. Let me explain. 
Everyone wants to be a victim in 2020, right? Of course, it's natural. Who wants to work on themselves? It's much easier to point the finger at someone else. Well, progressivism says that, no, it's not your fault. It's capitalism's fault, patriarchy's fault, white people's fault, whatever it may be. So you have these rich white starlets who want to be told that, hey, don't worry, you could be doing better, but you're a woman. And they have feminism for that, right? Feminism is the answer as to why they're not getting paid more, even though pretty faces in Hollywood are a dime a dozen, you don't actually need any talent. Uh, but at the same time, right, they literally, it's pretty hard for them to not, not acknowledge that they're doing better than the vast majority of people out there. So they want to be a victim, but they're also doing better. And guess what? That's where intersectionality comes into play, right? Yeah, you're a woman and oppressed that way, but you're also white. So the, the whiteness is responsible for your success. And the, these people, they, they can accept that like, oh, okay. So that, that makes sense. It's intersectional, right? Um, it's kind of, it's, it's a bit of a slap in the face, I think, to the millions and millions of working class white people out there who have never had a fraction of the privilege that has been afforded to Taylor Swift or Emma Watson um, speaking from a point of privilege, i.e. being a millionaire, on behalf of many, many people who don't have the same luxuries afforded to you and trying to attribute it to the color of your skin. Honestly, it's very out of touch. And I think more and more people are getting fed up of this type of rhetoric. Will these celebrities finally wake up and see that, hey, maybe there's more going on here than just my skin color working in my favor? Probably not. Uh, and it's especially ironic when we've seen most recently people like Emma Watson, who are supposedly these strong, empowered feminists being told to sit down and shut up and actually taking that advice because they're not qualified to speak on behalf of people of color and things like that. Like, if you need more proof that your own ideology hates you, I don't know what it is. But anyway, let's let's get to this article. So this is about a white feminist who has written a book on white feminism from Pink News. It reads, white feminism has a lot to answer for, according to Alison Phipps, academic activist and author of Me Not You, The Trouble with Mainstream Feminism. And that's why she wrote this book, which reckons with political whiteness, carceral feminism, the kind that sees prisons as solutions rather than problems, and the exclusion of trans women and sex workers from the mainstream, i.e. white feminist movement. So we're going to be looking at some of the highlights of the book, some of the main problems she sees with mainstream feminism. And keep in mind, in this white feminist opinion, these problems are due to the white feminists in the movement. Kind of seems to me like the countries that have the most egalitarian policies for women do happen to be, you know, majority European descent, but whatever. No, you're right. White feminists are the problem here. So this is the first issue she sees with feminism. Capitalism needs women to do work for free. Says capitalism needs the gender binary in order to sustain its economic model, Allison says. Capitalism relies on the work of social reproduction, the work of reproducing and caring for human life, so having babies, looking after elderly relatives, teaching kids, nursing sick people, but it doesn't really want to have to pay for it. So capitalism profits by first defining that as women's work and then either confining women to the home to do it for free or segregating women into parts of the labor market that do that work for extremely low pay and in really crap conditions. This is an argument we see from feminists all the time that capitalism is anti-women because it doesn't pay women for their labor and it is a load of bullcrap. If we look at consumer decisions, right? 
I think it's something like 80% of consumer decisions are made by women. Women are the big spenders in the economy. But hang on a second. I thought women earn less than men or don't get paid at all for their labor. What's happening there? They're spending men's money. And actually, I don't even like calling it men's money, but just because women aren't out working in the nuclear family doesn't mean they aren't working, period, right? Working in the home is work. I agree with that. And the way that the nuclear family functions is that one person goes out to provide while the other person provides in a different way. So basically, they're upset that the way things have traditionally worked, they need to find a husband in order to be able to spend all the money. Um, I guess they would rather just not have to be desirable in any way, but still get the benefits of spending someone else's money. I don't know, it's, it's a strange argument, but it's it's completely false. And again, this is trying to tie this into white feminism, I guess because capitalism is white people's fault, which is also just completely untrue. Next, the gender binary truly sucks for women, says although not everybody identifies with the binary, it basically sorts people into one of two categories, Allison says. One category is about productive, useful, honorable, well-rewarded labor, and the other category is about all the crap stuff. I don't use the word misogynistic a lot. I think it's been overplayed. But that is a very misogynistic worldview. The idea that the gender binary is bad for women because women do all the crap stuff, that speaks to your own, uh, I guess, internalized misogyny. There is nothing better about the work that men are traditionally assigned than the work that women are traditionally assigned. Like, that's completely something you've created that is actually anti-women. And again, I don't use that term often, but this actually is. Next, right-wing crackdowns on trans rights will come for women's rights next. You can see it in these right-wing movements worldwide. So for example, Orban in Hungary, he cracked down on trans rights first, and now he's cracking down on laws against domestic violence. It's all part of the same package, preserving the gender binary, preserving the nuclear family. How terrible. How dare people like Viktor Orban want to do that? When we talk about people on Mumsnet who say things like, I don't agree with Trump, but on the trans issue he's spot on, Allison is very clear, this is strategically really stupid. You wanna say to them, do you not think that once he's done with the trans people, he's not going to come for the lesbians and then all of the other women? This is interesting for two reasons. Number one, like I said earlier, they try to paint uh, I guess, white feminists, white people in general as these vehicles of patriarchy and women's oppression, but they never really talk about the fact that in these majority white countries, gender rights are way further along than in majority non-white countries. And this isn't to say that uh, just because things are better in Western countries for women than they are in non-Western countries that we can stop talking about gender issues but it, it kind of chips away at the idea that white people are the main agents of patriarchy, I would think. Also, uh, you wanna talk about coming for women's rights. Uh, this person is clearly very anti-TERF. Um, you know, they are a intersectional feminist who believes that to identify as a woman is to be a woman. There is a very good argument to be made, I believe, 
<laughs> that that type of ideology actually is more damaging to women's rights um, than anything that the Trump administration could possibly do, right? If, if you look at all gender-based protections for women and even things like being able to have our own sports, our own locker rooms, things that were done to protect women as the weaker sex, uh, the idea that any man can just call himself a woman and gain full access to that space regardless of any medical diagnosis or whatever that does harm women, right? That kind of completely dismantles the, the reason why those spaces were created in the first place. And finally, to finish off this article, this author proclaims that white middle-class women are the main transphobes in the UK. She says, with the important caveats that there are some working-class, very socialist women on board with transphobia, which Alison admits she understands less well, as well as a number of black women and women of color in the UK's turf movement. But mostly, it is white bourgeois women, also the same kind of women who think that sex work is not real work and that sex workers are damaging to feminism. Again, this is about who counts as a woman, but also who is res a respectable woman, a good enough woman who is allowed to be a feminist. Look, if you are a white feminist, I think there's a very real chance that you simply want equal rights for men and women, which is totally fine. I mean, I would hesitate to even call that feminism anymore. I think it's more egalitarianism, but I can understand that. But I just want you to know that the feminist movement as it stands today is perhaps not what you think it is. It will not see you as an ally unless you sit down, shut up, get on your knees and accept that you are the main problem with society. Not just you, but probably your family, your relatives and anyone who looks like you. How someone can in good conscience be a part of a movement that says that, I, I don't know. And that goes for, I guess, in general, white progressives as well. Like you, you can try as much as you want, but they will come for you. Nothing you do will ever be good enough. So in my opinion, you'd be better served by working toward, toward a world that's less obsessed with race rather than one that paints your race as just this evil, oppressive force. But well, whatever. I know the people who probably need to see this video the most won't watch it. So I guess let's just continue. Who cheats more? Is it men or is it women? That is apparently a very emotionally charged question. I was on social media the other day and I saw this post by a user who apparently doesn't know how to use Twitter polls. They said, who cheats more? You're supposed to retweet and like, depending on what your answer is. And by a landslide, according to the internet, women cheat more, which is obviously not, not the way the user thought this was going to go. She later posted, due to the results, I've come to realize that men are liars. And now, I, I just want to uh, preface this segment by saying that I am an egalitarian and I believe that both men and women can be equally crappy and equally hurtful to the people they love to most. And I also think it's important to clarify that cheating in a relationship is not the only way to betray your partner and to betray your partner's trust, right? So we're gonna get into it, but regardless of which gender cheats more, that doesn't necessarily mean that that gender is the worst one or the most disloyal. Just when it comes to this specific form of disloyalty, they happen to do it more. But let's go into 
Some of the responses I thought were most entertaining underneath this post, this person says, let me explain why everyone is bent here. Number one, when girls cheat, it's almost forgotten by other girls within a week to a month. When guys cheat, it's almost never forgotten. I actually think this is true. Uh, there's a big difference in the way that infidelity is portrayed when it's done by men versus women. When it's done by women, and we'll see this in some of the articles we're, we're going to look at in just a sec, it's usually portrayed as, oh, well, the woman, she didn't have a choice. She was dissatisfied her partner was neglecting her yada 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 when men cheat it's oh he's terrible he's the problem with the relationship and it's it's actually it's quite a toxic thing to do right one is enabling and even promoting bad behavior the other one I mean, it's kind of victim blaming for for the man, right? The man who gets cheated on. It's kind of saying he was asking for it, which they would never say if it was a woman being cheated on by a man. We have this article from Fatherly, who cheats more, men or women? Drumroll, please. Well, men tend to cheat more than women, but there's evidence the inf infidelity gap is closing. This isn't due to the fact that men are having fewer affairs. Rather, it has to do with the fact that women are cheating more. So to, to clarify, men cheat more, but women are cheating more and more often as the years go by. And I think when it comes to a social science question like this, it is important to acknowledge that there's always going to be maybe holes or gaps in the data. Anything that has to do with cheating is gonna rely on self-reporting. And it is possible, I have to say, that women are just more inclined to lie about their infidelity perhaps, but from all the data we have, imperfect as it may be, it does seem like men are more likely to cheat than women are. Um, but this article actually goes into some other interesting insights. It says, according to Tammy Nelson, a couples therapist and author of When You're the One Who Cheats, there's a reason to suspect that women may not only be cheating more, but also getting away with it a lot more often. She said, we don't know if more men or women are caught cheating on average, but it would make sense that women are better at hiding their affairs. Traditionally, women have faced harsher punishment for cheating, said Nelson. They have lost their financial support, risked the loss of their children, and in some countries even risked the loss of their lives. This I wanted to touch upon because like I was saying, there's almost this type of gosh, pardoning when women cheat, this excusing of malicious behavior by women. And I think we kind of see it here, whether this couple's therapist knows it or not. So it's not that women are just prone to hide things from their partners more, to lie more. It's no, no, women have to keep their cheating a secret because, you know, patriarchy, they don't want to lose their financial support or risk the loss, loss of their children. And even I have to say, hiding the fact that you're cheating so you still get to live off of your husband's money like that doesn't look that doesn't make women look good not at all but in terms of the actual numbers it says 20 percent of men cheat compared to 13 percent of women according to the u.s general social survey those numbers are both shockingly high so i don't think either gender comes out looking good from this survey why do men cheat it says well men are more prone to casual and opportunistic cheating which plays a big part in why they get caught infidelity for many men is evidence of recklessness for women however cheating may be evidence of a more thought-out plan to address perceived needs the potential costs of being being sexually reckless is otherwise too high. 
Intimate partner violence, which one out of three women experiences at some point, is often triggered by infidelity. So I think it is interesting to note that men and women do cheat for different reasons and in different situations. Like this article mentioned, I do think it's probably accurate to say that for women, uh, it's probably going to be more of a thought out thing, right? Less spur of a moment. And some people might say that's because women are prone to being manipulative and, and such and such. Uh, when it comes to women who cheat, yeah, I would absolutely say that they are manipulative. I don't feel any need to defend female adulterers at all here. But why men cheat more often than women? Um, there's this one study here that actually says it might be linked to testosterone levels. Specifically, they found, quote, men who cheat on their romantic partner tend to also have higher testosterone levels than men who don't cheat, according to new research published in the journal Bio Biological Psychology. So if cheating the urge to commit adultery is linked to testosterone, it would make sense that men are more prone to it than women because on at, like men do have higher testosterone levels than women do. Um, if you are familiar with the site Ashley Madison, which is a terrible site, it's actually, it's essentially a dating site or hookup site for people who are in, I'm not sure if it's just married or in relationships in general, but it's essentially a site where you can find someone to cheat on your partner with. Uh, it's actually a site that previously had all of their members' data leaked and a lot of people were saying that they deserved it. But one of the things that they did was they actually sent out a survey to some of their female members asking why they cheat. And I think there's this big almost assumption that some have that women cheat because they're, uh, they don't love their husband anymore. It's not physical. But according to this survey, there actually is a large physical component driving why women cheat. Um, maybe it's the issue or the case that women who cheat um, are have higher sexual drives than women who don't. I don't know what it is. I'd be interested in seeing more studies toward that. And none of this, by the way, is implying that we're a slave to our physical desires, that just because you want more sex, it excuses or dooms you to commit infidelity. Nothing like that. It's just about trying to understand where these people's minds are at. Um, but the, the actual data or rather study that Ashley Madison put out says, sacrificing sex for stability is no longer necessary. If women aren't getting pleasure in their marriage, they can find it in an affair. This is, by the way, a terrible, terrible site, terrible document, if, if I didn't make that clear already. They derive emotional stability from their primary relationship, but no longer desire sexual exclusivity with their spouse. So they asked essentially women who were cheating what their feelings were in their marriage. And they see here 64% admitted to feeling sexually neglected in their primary relationship. 47% said their partner rarely or never performs oral sex when asked. 40% said their partner rarely or never makes them orgasm. 43% of respondents said they're staying married for the kids. So here it kind of debunks the idea that women cheat only because they've fallen out of love with their partner. Apparently, women who do cheat may also feel uh, a physical reason for doing it. And then here is a real black pill. 
statistic we're going to go through. Um, the idea that if you cheat, you should feel guilty about it is, I think, a pretty basic one. I mean, you shouldn't cheat at all, but it's kind of the, the case of, well, if you're going to do something wrong, you should at least feel some remorse to prove that you're not a psychopath. A shocking amount of people who use this Ashley Madison site do not feel guilty, and this is women. 37% said an affair is morally wrong and I don't feel guilty. And then another 31% said an affair is not morally wrong and I don't feel guilty. So we have 68% of people who, of women rather, who are cheating on their husbands using the site saying they don't feel guilty, which is really, really terrible. Then the, the data goes into saying, are women cheating to preserve their marriage? 22% said one of their rules for having an affair is never getting emotionally involved. And 64% of women claim they are no longer attracted to their spouse, but 74% said they still love them. I think if you actually love your spouse, the right thing to do would probably probably not be be cheating on them. Um, when we've done episodes or segments about relationships uh, on the show in the past, I have noticed that quite a few of the comments from men and women who seem to be a little bit disillusioned with relationships have experienced infidelity. And of course, that is something that is very, very heartbreaking. But I think it is important to look at these numbers and if nothing else, note that although the numbers are way too high for comfort, I mean, 20 some percent, that's not good. It is not the usual situation. So if you are feeling like all men are trash because they're just going to cheat on you or all women are trash that because they're just going to cheat on you, please know that it is not either gender that is just doomed to go out and uh, find someone else to canoodle with. That's pretty much all I wanted to say for this segment. But as always, I would love to know what you folks think. In your experience, and I am asking for anecdotes here, do you think that men or women cheat more frequently? And what do you think of the reasons that one gender might cheat versus the other? Let me know. But that is it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.